0: In today's episode, I talked to Steph Lianos. Steph is a kinesiologist based out of Sydney, and I saw her towards the end of last year um, when I went to see her about... I can't even remember, but it was not related to a podcast. But it was in these sessions with her where the idea, and I guess the courage to do this, actually came up. She's awesome. She is a joy seeker. She's all about abundance. She just loves life and living like a full and authentic life to her so it was really cool to talk to her we talked a lot about like healing and joy and abundance and being multi-faceted beings we use a lot of words like universe and energy and frequency and healing and to me those words very much resonate and make sense but for some people they may not so i kind of implore you to think about What are the words or phrases or like even industries that have very similar concepts? Which of those resonate for you and sort of run with that? It could be quantum physics. It could be the quantum field. It could even be something like the placebo effect. Anyway, I will link all her info in the show notes um, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So, yeah, I'd kind of love to hear your story and how working in this space kind of unfolded yes okay
1: so i have a pretty wild story i'm going to condense it because otherwise it'll go um for years but i really believe that my journey to where i am now so working with and i like to call it energy alchemy so that's like the process of transmuting low vibrational energy that lives in the body to high vibrational energy to a higher frequency so we can continue aligning with the things that that we desire with the energy of the things that we desire so I started off in corporate in the music industry. I worked as a Red Bull girl for like three years, which I will say was the funnest time in my whole life. So I I love that. I love that period so much. And then through there, I worked my way up through working in production there, and then I. But I always had this like little niggle that it wasn't the right the right thing for me, and I was having you know really fun experiences like they were flying me business class to go to meetings like all of this wild stuff and I was like 23 but deep down there was something saying to me like this is this is pointless like this there is no depth to what you're doing like it's fun but are you really helping anyone and so one day I just woke up and I just quit And my parents and everyone was like, what are you doing? Like you have this dream job. And it was like this niggling intuition that said, if you take this step, it will make absolutely no sense, but it's all going to work out. So I thought I was going to study psychology and I quit my job and I was like, mom and dad, I'm going to be a psychologist. I'm going to go back to uni. It's all good. That was like what I was telling everyone. And then I looked at the process and it was long and I'd already finished a degree And it just wasn't right for me. So I just started working at a cafe, just kind of cruising, living a life that I probably didn't have in my teens because I went straight from uni to into this internship and then like working in that industry. So I was just having a bit of fun. But then the voice of my intuition was silenced because everyone around me was like, what are you doing? Why? Where are you going next? So I took a job at a pretty large music label as a creative producer and it was Like the worst time of my whole life, I made a decision based on other people's ideas, and that's where it led me. So there was no there was no alignment there. I learned a lot about people in that time, but it was the most darkest (laughs) time of my life. It looked really fun on the outside, music videos and you know styling and stuff, but. The music industry, its if you don't want to really be there, it's a really tough pill to swallow. So then I ran and the little voice popped up, said enough is enough. I randomly became a personal trainer. It, it just was the thing. My intuition said do it and I trusted it. So I became a PT. I got a job managing a gym, which was, it was really, it was amazing because it was flexible and I was moving away from corporate. So the journey kind of to what I wanted to do started beginning. And then it was at the gym that I met a kinesiologist Who was studying and she asked me to just come and do some practice sessions with her and from my first session i was like this this is what i want to train in so i always had the like intuition voice but it wasn't until i started working with her that i really understood energy work and how my energy works and how i'm being conditioned and how the clearing happens and then from there i started studying in that modality and that got me to here, like what I practice is definitely something that I've created from what I've learned, but in terms of how I got introduced to energy work, it was through that.
0: And then when you look back, you sort of touched on it before, but when you look back at kind of everything you've done to get where you are now, does it all make sense?
1: It definitely makes a lot of sense because I guess what I say to people who are going to work with me is like, yes, I've done some training in kinesiology for sure, but the real training came from the years of 20 to 29 when I went through like life school and earth school because it was the I it was really it was really hard nine years for sure like there was some beauty in it but there was a lot of lessons but in each chapter I was directed to different healers and different modalities to help me feel better and to heal myself so I couldn't have seen it at the time but the I guess soul wisdom that was unlocked through all those years definitely makes a lot of sense like I couldn't have done this route 5 years ago it had to I had to go through all of the themes for sure
0: but I think the fact that it took 9 years and you even though you had sort of little detours you still intrinsically knew where you wanted to go and kind of stuck with that even though it took almost a decade. The
1: vision I had at 23 when I was working in corporate was I want to work for myself. I want to help people. I want to do whatever I want, wherever I want it without a boss. And I want to bring in good money for what I do. And that is the vision I always held. I never knew how that was going to unfold, but I never gave up on that vision. Now, when I started working at the gym. It took me out of corporate. Like it was really flexible. I traveled, he's because I was managing. It was remote, great community. I worked whatever hours. Like I, as I left corporate and I didn't exactly still have what I wanted, but I made a very potent next step. And I was like, hey, we're getting there.
0: Yes. Is that sort of what inspired action is in terms of like following this vision and not necessarily knowing the outcome, but you're still kind of being active in creating it, if that makes
1: sense. So manifesting anything, we have to take inspired action all the time. Now, inspired action is inspired from like the intuition or the soul or from the heart. It's where you say like, this is my vision. I know what I want to get to. Now I am going to let go of the the way that I think it's going to happen. And I'm going to follow the nudges. Now, to really take heart-led inspired action, you have to be in a place where you have a connection with the intuition. And I am and I am lucky that that's something I have always had. It's something that definitely can be worked on. But inspired action is action from a place of this feels right. I don't really know why, but I know what my vision is and I trust that it's going to get me there. And so when I did the PT course, my parents were like, what the, like I, you know, I was like, I'm going to do this. And the people around me were like, You've worked in the music industry and now you're going to be a personal trainer. I'm like, I don't know why, but I know that it contributes to the vision of having a more flexible lifestyle. So I'm going to follow that. The one thing I will say about inspired action is it does feel, it can feel really risky at times. So it's really important to take inspired action from a way that where you have a good base level foundation. Like I had the things in place I needed in case it, it fell through. And support from the people around me to say, if this doesn't go the way I need it to, will you be able to help me out until I figure out what does? That helps despite action, having something to just keep you secure in a way.
0: Yeah, it's not, yeah, risky. It's it's like well thought out. It's
1: like a beautiful future of both. You don't want to just say, you know, fuck it and just do whatever. It's like, okay. That actually is an inspired action because that's like a message from the brain, like it feels scrambled. Inspired action, when it's really coming from the right place, it feels really good.
0: And as you were just talking about intuition and also what you're just saying about like being smart about the risks you take, it's almost like as well, if you have like intuition about something or you're like, I feel like I should do this course or whatever, doing it in a way that even if it fails, you're not completely, you know, left bare or destitute or whatever. I think that also helps build almost the muscle of the intuition. So it means like you can start to to lean into it a bit more, especially if it doesn't necessarily come supernaturally or it's blocked. Whereas if you do it in a way that's smart and you have this support and the backup, you can sort of build that muscle a bit more. And it comes back to like uh, following
1: your intuition is a very feminine-led action. Now, as we are beings, we have the duality of both. Now, when we're first um, inviting the feminine side to come through more, to show her face more, she needs the masculine support. She needs to feel safe in that space. Now, if, if someone is quite out of touch with that feminine side of them or they haven't recently connected with it, you can't just take this big intuitive led leap because the feminine doesn't feel safe in that. So it's like guiding them through that process with a safe masculine container, whatever that looks like. For me, it was like knowing I had financial support if I, you know, if things don't go the way I want them to. And then once you, do that more it's easier for the feminine to then take action with less of a masculine support because you trust that voice more exactly it's exactly right it's a process you can't just go like oh I'm just going to do this now and this feels good because you're going your nervous system is not regulated to that behavior so regulating your nervous system to actually sit with an intuitive decision is really is really important as well
0: do you mind just going through and kind of I guess, describing or talking about the two different energies and how they're different. Yeah, for
1: sure. So this is actually something that I'm on a journey on at the moment. Like I will preface by saying I am not amazing at being in my feminine. It's something that I am actively working on at the moment. Um, and I, I it's it's definitely a journey. And for me, I think it differs for everyone, but I think I've been doing work with this beautiful healer called Patrice and she's been really helping me with Steering a bit away from like the real mainstream conversation about this, because I find it can get a bit confusing. The way that she has really helped me see it is like within us, we have these various archetypes. Now some of these archetypes are more feminine and some of them are more masculine she calls them the alpha and the omega. So alpha for the masculine and omega for the feminine and the feminine, she within this archetype she's you know she's slow and considered um it's more flow than force it's heart led it's intuitive and she's happier to make decisions from the soul wisdom that resides within us from you know all the lives we've had from from the way that we see the world like it's more of a wisdom slow approach Whereas the masculine or the alpha archetype, he likes to create space and containers to like get shit done. It's more intellectually led. It's more thought out. To me, the masculine or my archetype, he works faster. He wants to get it done now. But also I feel like he's that real I've got us energy. Okay, you. I'm going to allow you you to do what you need to do in this softer space. But I've created a life where this is safe. So I've got us. Yeah. So I feel like to me, the my masculine side has structured my life in a way that allows my feminine to to come through in a way that feels safe and for me it's been more of a she's kind of been like peeking her head out being like okay we are we good we're good okay cool now I feel safe in the first six or months of setting up my business I I was really in a masculine space but i I felt like I needed to be there to create the foundation for now, I feel now like I can work way slower and I can just chill a bit and the structures and systems are in place. I'm not saying stepping into that in its entirety was really healthy for the rest of my life, but it was necessary. Um, And the masculine needs to be appreciated for that. I think the conversation a lot is oh, you're too your masculine as women. You're tuning your masculine. It needs to turn off. But it's like our masculine is important. And just like men, we all know, need to feel appreciated. That archetype needs to feel appreciated. We need to speak to it like it's a person and say, thank you so much for everything that you're doing for me. But right now I'm giving you so much permission to just relax. You get to leave the room and let's bring through that other energy. So it's for me, it's been an actual conversation. Like I talk to my masculine. I'm like, Okay, thank you for today. We did awesome you can cruise, and then I'll do some sort of ritual to come to bring through feminine energy whether it's, you know, some breath or a meditation or grounding. That's how that's how I'm experiencing at the moment, and it's been the most helpful and practical way for me to work on this for myself.
0: And like you said, it's like we all both male and female need both of them and they'll they'll peak at different times depending on what's needed like when I've been thinking about it I've almost thought about it as um the feminine being macro so it's more like whole thinking looking at everything yeah feeling emotional and then the uh the masculine's like the micro you know so it's more getting things done like like hyper focus
1: Whereas when I think about stepping into a a lighter energy, it's more like, oh, yeah, like, you know, this is is chill. This will work out with this. Like I don't need to hyper-focus on anything. Like I need to just hyper-focus
0: on myself and how I'm feeling
1: pretty much, you know, and
0: that's it. And since you've been kind of working on understanding or kind of building or being more in touch with the feminine, from like a lifestyle but also business point of view, like what have you noticed... Yeah, just in your life generally, but also within your business, how that's changed or where you've seen more success or improvements or whatever it is.
1: In my personal life, I would say a change of dynamic in my relationship. Like I've had to, I've had to openly like talk about this with my partner and help him understand the dynamic change because he's known me in a very masculine approach, getting shit done. You know, Steph's doing this. Blah, 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 blah. And so that changes like their dynamic. Like he is such a beautiful polarity. Like he holds his masculine and feminine just effortlessly, you know? So because I've been more in that masculine place, he has probably been able to to relax less out of that. But now because I am trying to soften and just kind of receive more, I've had to communicate what that looks like to him. So that's been a beautiful dynamic change in our relationship where I've really allowed him I've really allowed myself to be more held and to be received. Um, And I think it's just been a a slowness like coming into this time of the year, I think three months ago, I would have been like, I have to get stuff done. I've got to post on my Instagram. I've got to do this and got to do that. But like, I've taken, you know, a week off from the business. I've just been surfing and doing like things that really bring me joy. Like, I'm like, if it doesn't feel like like so good in my body I don't want to of it just like eating really like indulgent foods and just I just a complete slowing down like but in my personal life I've just been like joy joy that's it if it, what actually makes me feel grateful in the moment not like just like writing a gratitude list like you know those moments where you do something you're like oh my god I'm loving this that's been the priority
0: yeah, and it's almost like by now that kind of things are set up and you have that support and you can sort of focus on the joy and slow down and enjoy things, it's like putting a trust out there and saying like, I know I don't have to be at my desk 24-7 and I can be out enjoying myself because I trust that it will come and it will work out and you know what I mean? Because when we're constantly like, Oh, I have to do this and this and this, that actually, you're not trusting that it will Definitely. be okay. and
1: that's not magnetizing. Like I talk a lot about like the vibrational frequency scale where we've got like these really beautiful, fulfilling, nourishing emotions on the top or emotions are just energy in motion. So these energies that we hold and that's joy and love that's at the top. Now at the bottom of that scale is like stress and shame and guilt. Now, if we're operating from stress and shame and guilt, consistently like they're going to come up but if we operate from that consistently consistently rather than viewing it and allowing it to pass and clearing it then we're really only attracting things that 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 bring on more shame and guilt and fear now if we can bring ourselves if we can do things that invoke joy and love within our life then we invite more of that energy into our lives it's really interesting when you make that conscious decision to seek out joy, you cultivate a life that is susceptible to more moments of joy. And that's definitely the biggest lesson I learned from last year was after I set up all the structures of the business and whatever, a big thing missing was like innate joy for me. And so that led to, you know, a feeling of burnout. Now, my biggest priority now has changed. And it's like, instead of what can I do to grow my business today? Or, you know, it's what can I do to bring joy into my life today? That's a new question. And it feels, it feels really good. Yeah, I forgot. I fully forgot last year. I wasn't surfing. Like I love music. Like I wasn't playing my decks. I wasn't going to gigs. Like I forgot really what, what brought
0: me the most joy Do you have any sense of why we're so out of balance and why the masculine is so dominant? To me,
1: it feels like it's just because we're in this age where it it has the, the conditioning of like the world is like the people who succeed are the people that hustle and grind and work really hard and money doesn't grow on trees and hard work, you know, success comes to those who hustle and that that mentality, I also think the opposite of that is the people who do come through with these new messages, they are vindicated and made to feel wrong. And the the feminine approach is threatening to those who have struggled for their whole life. And because most of the world is still run by people who have this old patriarchal approach. So when these new little, you know, little people as in like the small guy or w- woman comes in and says, there's an easier way to do this. Well, they're like, well, no, this will not be the message. So it's, it's the, you know, the David and Goliath story. It's like this new way of doing things is still very taboo, even to our parents, you know, like I know my parents get triggered when I tell them things have to can be easy. They're like, no, but the struggle, we, we love the struggle, you know, and that's the way that I feel like it's been presented to me. Um, but the up-and-coming age of women and and also really empowered men um, who are speaking this new truth is incredible. And whilst the internet is, um, you know, Instagram and social media can be to our detriment, I think that platform has really, that's a very masculine container that has made it safe for the feminine to come through, knowing that the message will be received by, you know, as many people as possible.
0: But I think what you said about um, uh, living in a patriarchal society is so true. It's like obviously that conversation about the patriarchy has been, that's been happening, which is awesome. But what I've realised recently is that the piece that's missing is, um living in a patriarchal society and the values that come with it so it's not just about every ceo being a man rather than a woman and and those th- sorts of things it's like what do we actually value as a society when we're in a patriarch and that's like money and growth and goals and you know hustle and all of these things but it does feel like you're saying that there's this shift away from that and that's almost this shift into maybe more of a matriarchal society who knows but but into kind of embracing the feminine not only from more women being present or men stepping into their feminine more but also what we value as a society and those values being more about community or heart led and feeling and and all of yeah, that sort of stuff. Yes, definitely. And the
1: conversation is is growing for sure. I think that there is a lot of work to do in the space because we are still dominated by this, you know, old white man approach, like, which is the truth of it all. I think that the healing comes when people just inject themselves into the communities that are willing to ignore that greater message and just do what they're doing anyway. It's interesting because you just have to be willing to be misunderstood when i was working in corporate i was like this cannot be this cannot be it this what what am i doing i'm just sitting on a computer all day but it's interesting what you said most people they want out of it but out of getting out of it seems really hard now there's this interesting dynamic between easy and hard because when you follow your heart and it's a soul-led wisdom-led intuitive-led approach. Yes, it might be hard in terms of lots of things to do to get there, but it doesn't feel hard. It doesn't, it feels, that's why when I say it gets to be easy, it doesn't mean that I get to work two hours a day, but the things that I do do feel really good. So even if I did them for 100 hours a day, they don't, it doesn't feel anything like, the corporate hard so people think oh it's too hard to go out there on my own but if you're really listening to your heart and your soul and your intuition you're being guided and supported by the universe it all is in flow so people it's like pick your hard. the hard that is hard for a little bit but it actually feels really good or just slogging it in the hard in the suck the corporate suck and you know, if you want to work in corporate I mean that's amazing you do you but a lot of people don't want to be in that suck um and it's not even about working for yourself like following a heart led might be you know working doing something with animals what you really want to do but you feel like there's no money in it or whatever but it's like if you follow your soul and that feels good the money no matter what you do the money will come
0: yes and it's it's like if you're working in something that is out of alignment it's an energy suck so you're just like have nothing whereas if you're like if you're working in a in a field or it feels more in alignment it can actually fill your cup and be recharged by which people don't there's such a disconnect there and and like you said it can take a while to get there and it's a process and you know people have bills to pay and things but it's it's not ruling it out and I think it's starting to explore that and changing what work is from something that is, oh, like I have to go and people living for the weekend and all of that sort of stuff to being something that is, yeah, recharging and like giving you energy rather than just totally depleting you. This is where
1: generational trauma comes into play because when we don't clear the conditioning of our generational lineage, we adopt the conditioning of our parents, our grandparents, and everyone in in that lineage. Now, for me, I'm Greek, and my grandparents and my family came from struggle and, you know, war and a really bad economy, and they came here as immigrants. And um, so I had to unlearn their way of seeing the world through energy work, through kinesiology, so I could do this. Now, Again, if I didn't clear the generational trauma around struggle and fear and like love of the struggle, because they identify with struggle, you know, that's just how they have known the world, I wouldn't be able to do this. But it's until you unravel these stories and do this like energetic healing work, which really is the crux of all of it and clear the old energy from your body, then you create the space in your mind, body, spirit to listen
0: to what your actual heart and soul says about work. And what you said about mind, body, soul is something that actually only clicked for me yesterday when I was thinking about this conversation because I was thinking about energy medicine and, you know, it's currently at the moment still pretty woo-woo and, like, people are like, oh, eye roll, like you've gone to a kinesiologist, you know, it, it's still not mainstream. But I really think in the next however long, it'll almost be like what mental health and going to see a therapist was, I don't know, 20 years ago, that was taboo. But now everyone is like, I go to my therapist and it's a bit of a badge of honor. So I think that will change. And yeah, I only realized yesterday that in mind, body and soul, this sort of work is the sole part of that, you know, health and and well-being sort of trio, um so I guess it would be really awesome to hear from you what almost what the work that you do is how it works and I guess how you see what this industry will be like what it is now and what you kind of think it will become in the next I don't know 10 years or so
1: So the way that I the way that I work so like I said like I did you know formal training in kinesiology and then That for me, just unlocked a healing knowledge that I had within me, you know, like, so the way that I look at this work, the way that I approach it, my methodology that I have created, it is just helping my clients activate the innate healing power of their body. So like our bodies are so intelligent, but they, the intelligence of the body is silenced, by obviously the in the world and the conditioning of the world that tells us that we don't know ourselves. But the the intelligence of the body becomes also silenced because we hold on to energetic fragments of past trauma, of conditioning, of our parents, of stories, of situations. And as energetic beings that we are, and everything on this planet is made of the same thing. We are all energy when that intelligence is silenced by an overcharge of old energy we can't we don't know how to function we operate as an old version of the self we operate based on these old energies that we have in us and we just repeat the same shit we just be the same person every time our body can only attract energy that is of the same vibration of what we hold so if you're holding on to all of that old stuff well you're just going to constantly attract things that reflect those old patterns and stories. So. I use different methods of healing, different vibrational tools to heal and to clear the old energetic fragments to create space for higher vibrational energy. Now, energy never goes away. You can't get rid of it. It's only transferred. It only becomes something new. So through clearing, I wouldn't say it's not like clearing, like getting rid of it. It's almost like making the energy malleable so it can then be alchemized into a higher vibration
0: okay so you don't like when I visualize it and when I've worked with you when you've said clearing I sort of think like it goes but are you saying it just it changes or the frequency changes into something else rather than it disappearing out of your body almost
1: I call it a clearing because in a sense we're Clearing this space of like really dense, heavy old energy and reinfusing the space with this like this really beautiful high frequency energy that like I think of them as like little smiley energy particles rather than like angry, heavy, dense particles. Um and through that process of like transmutation of alchemization, it's like when your internal ecosystem is vibrating at a higher frequency, you then become a magnet for things that vibrate at that new frequency that are higher up that vibrational scale. There are things in life that you simply cannot attract if your body holds on to old energy. So when people come to me, they come to me with a certain thing they want to achieve. We have like a direct goal or intention, like you would know. Now, When that goal comes online to me, the body will tell me everything energetically that's happening in the body that is stopping that person from reaching that goal. So the body will show me different ages, different situations, different traumas, and then together we work on those and use different transmuting techniques to, to make that energy into something new.
0: I can't necessarily articulate it, but it makes sense, you know. Like, as you said, everything is energy. And, of course, if we've had a trauma, it, it's going to live somewhere. Like, it, again, I can't articulate it, but that just makes total sense for me. And I think the fact that kind of modalities like this are considered woo-woo or it doesn't make sense or it doesn't work is almost masculine in itself because the masculine is so logical and it's so you know almost facts this is more esoteric and kind of feeling and and all of that sort of stuff that we haven't embraced this is a legitimate modality because it is more feminine
1: the the thing that I find strange about people calling it woo-woo it's like if, if there's one thing that connects every single thing on this planet, whether you can see it or feel or touch it, it is energy. So really, this energy work is working with the innate nature of everything on this planet. And like the more work that comes out in the field of quantum physics, it begins to really solidify that this matter versus frequency versus energy conversation. It's like, no, every single thing, at its most basic innate structure is energy. So when we work with practices that work with our most innate nature, how can that be woo-woo? Like, yes, it can't be qualified in like these big scientific peer-reviewed papers, but like if you speak to people and, you know, you yourself can testify for it, I can because it changed my life. Like if you look at the way that lives are changing because of this work, because the the intelligence of the body, the intelligence of the body is the same intelligence of the world. We're all the same thing. So when we see what happens when we clear the energy and reactivate the innate healing power, how can anyone say that this work is fake? Like it is is beyond me.
0: Yeah. And I think... Like you said, because with quantum physics and there being more like scientific evidence now or studies or whatever, there's at least more of a conversation around it. But I also sort of feel like we've lost the ability to sort of just be and kind of appreciate the unknown and the magic. Again, last night when I was thinking about this, I was because I was thinking about how people don't necessarily, it's not necessarily legitimate in a lot of people's eyes and people really need that scientific evidence to, to believe in it. But I was thinking, like, like we're here. Like, regardless of if you believe in the Big Bang creation theory, whatever, stories, Adam and Eve, we're here. And, yes, there's probably science that can back that up and can sort of explain how we went from bacteria to humans, whatever it is. But can't we also just sit and think, like, that is so cool that we're here, there's magic, and you have sex, and two tiny things become a baby. Yes, there's science behind it, but that's also just a really cool magic thing of life. And I think this is sort of the same thing. It's like, yes, there can be evidence, but can't we also just appreciate we might not necessarily be able to intellectually understand but if we feel it and we know that it works or can help can't that also be enough a hundred percent and like what like
1: to me living in a world with no magic is boring like to be honest someone said to me do you want to put your clients through you know scientific testing so we can you know make this really like credible I probably would say no because I love that this work It's so magical and miraculous and cool that I don't really need to understand the intricacies of how it all fits together. If the the person that you're working with has a heart-led intention and you know energetically that that connection is right for you, just being in their energetic presence is healing. If their energy is is heart-led and it's like, Vibrating at that high frequency of love and bliss and joy, you just spending time with that person is healing. And how cool is that? It's a very interesting time to speak the truth about this work and to kind of silence the people that need, need it on paper. And, you know, if they do, that's okay for them. And that this probably isn't the right type of work for them. And that's okay. It's not for everyone. again, it's the conditioning. It's like, this is the research. This is the science. And yes, there are things in this world that that is 150% necessary. But when we discount the intelligence of the body, like the body, like it makes babies. Like, how is it not the most intelligent thing in the whole entire world? Like, what? Like a human baby grows inside a person and we think that our bodies don't know how to heal from things. The same intelligence that governs the perfect ecosystem of this world is the same energy and intelligence that governs us.
0: But again, it's also like people, because they're disconnected from their self, from themselves, they outsource everything and they don't necessarily listen to themselves of like, oh, there's is- this issue, so I'm going to go to a conventional doctor for that because I feel that that's what's right but for this one, I'm going to go and get kinesiology, whatever it is, because we don't, we don't listen to ourselves. And so we don't follow different routes for different issues.
1: There is like this aspect of people who are in more of a Western traditional approach that it is like our life's work has been based off this research. And like, there is like a protection of it. And I think I do find friction with people that I know who are more in that space where they they are almost defensive and threatened in a way. So those people who maybe are trying to branch out into different modalities that are more of an Eastern approach, a holistic approach, they're almost told not to do that and then there's that fear that is instilled in them. Now, the rise of holistic doctors, GPs, clinicians, all of that is incredible. And, again, that's why I think that um, Instagram and social media and podcasts and those masculine things are so important to spread to spread those messages.
0: And I wonder if in, I mean, the other thing is, is because of the way our systems are set up, change takes so long because, like you're saying, there's these really rigid ways of doing things. So for it to change, it, number one, threatens uh the beliefs of that system be it health politics whatever um so the the change i think then can take a while but i wonder if you know in 10x amount of years however long if like going to the gp for an example the gp might have a medical degree but they'll also be a kinesiologist and a herbalist and you know like that like you said it will be more holistic or they'll refer if they don't have that stuff, they'll refer you to a kinesiologist or an acupuncturist and it will they'll sit side by side rather than them being so opposed.
1: Definitely. And there's a lot of like a lot of chiropractors use muscle testing, which is like the principle, the principle of kinesiology, which is amazing. You know, like lots of people get introduced to muscle testing, which is like a way of communicating with the subconscious through, you know, a modality like chiropractor, like with a chiropractor. Um, But I definitely think there's, that is a hundred percent coming. And to me, I almost feel like modalities, which put the body first, which communicate with the body first, like kinesiology, like energetic body work, things that use the innate intelligence of the body that is the first place because your body will tell you do you need to go to a nutritionist do you need to go to a physio do you need this do you need a GP my baseline is muscle testing the body first if my body doesn't tell me to do it I am not doing it that is when the innate intelligence of the body is active now I am definitely an outlier in that space you know When I have a physical manifestation of an issue, whether it's pain in the body, whether it's a sickness, I will talk to my body first and find out the energetic underlying reason. And then from there, I say, okay, do I need to go and see my GP? Is it a physio thing? What is going on here? Is it my naturopath? Is it blood tests? Is it my supplements? Like the body tests all of this first. In my ideal world is that, that is the... Ultimate honoring of the innate intelligence of our bodies. I mean, obviously, if you fall on the floor and have a seizure, like you're gonna to go to hospital first. But I'm saying, like, once you've the physical symptom has been is become manageable, then the question to ask is: body, what is the way forward? Tell me what is going on. Now, for a lot of symptoms, like trauma lives in the body, everything has an energetic and emotional root. For a lot of people, they will heal when the need for the physical manifestation no longer exists. The physical manifestation of a sickness or an illness or pain is the body saying there is a serious imbalance. I want you to listen to me. I'm trying to tell you what is wrong with me. Your pa- my pain is a message. It is a symptom of something that needs to be addressed. If all humans did this energy work from when they were a child, they would be drastically healthier. Like if you're constantly clearing energy from the body, well, imagine how much healthier of humans we would be. And I completely agree with you that our systems would be so beautifully rebalanced if we weren't trying to slap band-aids on symptoms, which then will show up in a different place in a different way rather than healing them at the root at the root cause.
0: Um, but one thing you mentioned a while ago, <laughs> but um, just abundance mindset, because this is something that you, I guess, is a big part of your work and your philosophy. So it would be awesome if you could just sort of talk through abundance mindset and then the opposite being scarcity, I think, um, and just kind of what the differences are and how you, I guess, foster a, an abundance mindset and what that has kind of yeah, done for definitely. you. Definitely.
1: So it's funny, the word abundance has become such a buzzword in like the industry at the moment. And me and my friend, she's a meditation teacher, we were talking about what actually does abundance mean to, to us? And to me, it's like freedom, like the freedom... People think they want abundance, but what they really want is like a freedom to do just whatever they want when they want to just feel limitless, like they, everything is accessible to them. Now, the really funny thing about that um, working on that and getting into that space of feeling free to do whatever you want. People come to me, and be like, I want to work on my abundance mindset. And the thing that we actually work on has nothing to do with money or actually, like, you know, you clear generational things about money from the parents. That takes, you know, five minutes, ten minutes, whatever. It's gone. But it's interesting that what actually leads to bringing in more abundance of all things, more freedom is really basic things like self-love and self-care and surrounding yourself with people who lift you up and putting yourself in high vibrational spaces. If we look at abundance from like a money perspective, which is where most people see it, when you just focus on money and you forget about everything else, money is just energy, like everything. So if you just focus on the money side, but you neglect you know, self-love and care and just being a good human, well, you're never going to be vibrating at that high place of consciousness, which is where freedom happens. So receiving an abundance of all things in your life, including money, is a byproduct of being in a high vibrational space as often as you can. That is by finding joy and bliss by following your intuition And by believing that you are worthy of it, and then, you know, there's so much, when you believe you are worthy of abundance and freedom, you then take actions like regulating your nervous system around money, finding support around money. It's like the actions that you take around wealth in a high vibrational space will bring you more wealth. But when you're in a low vibrational space and living in fear and guilt and shame around all things in your life, You're not going to take the heart led actions that a wealthy person would take, like nervous system regulation, like making smart money decisions and things like that. So abundance is an overflow of all the things in our life that we desire and that you become a magnet for that when you overflow. When you overflow your life with things that bring you love and joy, it's never money is like a byproduct of all of that. For me, the way I see it, the baseline of it is if I have a roof over my head and food to eat and clean water and people who love me, I'm abundant already. Coming from a place of I am so abundant right now, feeling abundant is feeling love and joy and appreciation. That is abundance. Now, when we act from a place of fear and I have to do this now because the money needs to come, that is not believing that you're in abundance. That's believing that you're in lack. Now, for me, when I go to sit down to do something or the way I plan my weeks, it's like, am I doing this because I think it's necessary? Or am I thinking I have to do it from a place of lack? Now, if it's coming from a place of lack, well, then I'm like, well, no, I'm going to do something that brings me joy because I don't want to do any activity from a place of I have to do this. Otherwise, I won't make money. Otherwise, I won't be drawn to money. That is doing something out of scarcity. And anything we do from that energy, for me, when I put things out into the world, I'm just going to attract more people and things that reflect that.
0: Um, so you mentioned before, like, nervous system regulation. Is having a regulated nervous system, how does that relate to, I guess, free, frequency and energy? Like, is it like when we have a dysregulated nervous system, we're in a energy or frequency that's low or it's scarcity and so we can't necessarily feel abundant? Or how does, yeah, how does the nervous system
1: yeah. So nervous system regulation, I'll use money as an example. Okay. Just because we're talking about abundance and many people associate abundance with money. So for example, when our nervous system is dysregulated, we're in a state of fight or flight. So for a lot of people going through change or something, you know, you're going having an argument, the nervous system is just like, there's a lot going on where I would call fight, fight or freeze mode. Okay. So if we look at money, I think all of us, have a certain number that when we go below that number in our bank accounts, I like to call it the money ceiling. When we go below our money ceiling, there's like this, Oh fuck, I have to get that money back. Oh no, I have to make more money. I have to do this. I have to do that. Like we go into a place of fight or flight and our brain goes into scarcity mode thinking I have to do this and this and this and this and this and this. There's like this complete shutdown of intuition. It's very fear-based. Fear, guilt, shame, low vibration on the scale. Anything we do from that space of fight or flight is from a place of low vibrational energy, you know, like in, for example, for me, I'll use me as an example, say I, um, didn't have a lot of clients or something like that. And to make money, cause I'm freaking out about money. I go and put out all these like half ass products, hoping they'll sell. Now, that anything that you do from that place and maybe it'll bring you some money but because it's a low vibrational thing you're just going to lose that money again all the people that do it are going to complain or not like it or it's going to be half-assed now the way that works on the other side if you are not used to having a lot of money and then all of a sudden you get a lot of money your fight or flight looks different it might be over excitement and you know oh I have to, but you're dysregulated. So you're going to spend the money to find a place of regulation again. And regulation is that money ceiling that you're so used to having. So any activity that pulls you out of your normal nervous system happy place, you need to learn to regulate yourself in that place so that you're at a place of you know neutrality. And I can handle this and I've got this. Empowerment is a much Neutrality and empowerment is a much higher vibrational frequency than fear, flight or flight, you know, mode. So that's what I mean by nervous system regulation. That's when you do certain modalities where you're taught to calm the body in situations that feel new and familiar and reconnect with the intuition so you can trust that even if there is a time of lack, you are going to be supported. And if you can just sit through perhaps a time where there is a bit more lack in your life and ask, how can I fix this? Rather than, oh my God, I'm screwed. That is a different vibrational space. That's what I mean by nervous system regulation. The way that we act when our nervous system is dysregulated is a lower vibrational frequency. The way that we act in a place of neutrality or I can handle this or I've got me is a higher vibrational frequency. To grow and evolve as a person, we need to teach our nervous system to be regulated in new environments and new things. We can't get more money and more abundance if we simply cannot teach our body to hold this new level of receivership which is why people constantly get stuck at this one place or one level, it's because they might know how to bring the money in and that's that's awesome, that's one part. But to then hold abundance and feel worthy of just sitting with it, that's a whole other kettle of fish.
0: But it's also um, like a 360 thing. So, you know, what you eat, what you do, what you consume in terms of, tv or whatever um how you treat your body you know because it's yeah it's 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 not just one thing but it's all of these things combined that then allow you to be in that space of
1: yeah and when you think about freedom it's like yeah you might have a billion dollars in the bank but if you're if you have bad health and you're stuck to a bed you're not free if your family life has gone to shit that doesn't feel like freedom if you're chained to a desk that's not freedom so that's why when people want to improve their abundance, it's like what is it? Do you think that money is going to be the thing that brings you more abundance because money is a byproduct of healing, a a a view of the world and a view of your life and how much overflow you have in that place. The people that have come to me to work through their own abundance mindset we don't even talk about money until maybe 10 minutes in the last session. It's really about how are you supporting a abundant, vibrant you in your life through everything else that you're doing. And it's funny. The first thing that we talk about is always self, self-love, which is really interesting.
0: And it's it's like the money money, I see not simplistically money, but for being for simplistic sake, we'll say money. But I see that as quite masculine in a way, um, whereas what you're talking about is more feminine, you know. So it's interesting that those two things, like from an energy point of view, one seems more masculine and one is more feminine. So, again, it's that shift or getting a bit more back into balance with those two Yeah, 100%. Energies.
1: And. There's a place for both. You know, like you know when you need to get that cash to do what you need to do, like yeah, you go into that I need that money now mode. But if we think about life as like the whole evolution and journey of it all, it's like I want freedom. Now my, when I truly feel free in the in the way that I've created my life and through being my authentic true self that feels really freeing to me so when I get in an energy of freedom I automatically attract the things that create freedom for me now obviously wealth will be one of those things but other things that feel like freedom to me is you know beautiful sisters and friends that really see me for who I am you know the ability a flexible um way to work so I have freedom in my day so that really if we were to look at the way it's like if a feminine approach to it is like what do I what would this money make me feel like if I could do all of these things and how do these things make me really feel and then that masculine approach is like okay what structures do we need to set up in our life to get that money in the bank account and to make it happen okay cool that's that side of it but the feminine side of it is way more fun and enjoyable
0: yes exactly and like you said it's the need. For both. Because if you're just like, oh, I want my life to be like this and la, 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 nothing will happen. But then if you're the opposite, you might have money, but yeah, exactly. You're miserable. So I think what is really cool about you is you're in this space, we'll call it like the healing, I don't know, energy space, but you still go to concerts you like your dj you enjoy life you're i think often there's a perception that people in this space are like you know at home like sitting in front of an altar at yoga 24/7 and i think what's really awesome about you and quite accessible is that you have fun you like live your life you're you're not necessarily what people would perceive an energy you know, healer or worker to be. So I, I don't know if that's something you've thought about or kind of what your experience has been with that in this space, but I just, yeah, I just wanted to make that note because I think it's probably the f- the future of things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that. I, I want to be accessible. I, what kept me away from this world as I was like, everyone is a purist, you know, like it's like what we like to put on the side note for a second is like there are people in this world living their absolute best life and they don't do one spiritual thing and I feel like when people get deep into this spiritual world they sell this thing where it's like if you want to be everything you desire you have to be this one archetype of a person that does this and they're very like you know just like it's just overkill. And it's like, no, because there are people in this world, like I said, who are so happy and joyous and successful who do not apply any of this techniques. This is just one way to do it. And it feels really, really good to me. And I could not think of anything worse than being a purist and losing the things that bring me joy. I could step into that archetype, but I would like... I wouldn't even be myself. There'd be no joy, it'd be so boring. Um, And I think it's like, goes back to what people are magnetized by. When people see someone in their element, just really enjoying life, that you want to be a part of that energy. Their energy is healing to you. Now I've seen, you know, I would say like people, um, therapists and things like that, who are very amazing at what they do, but they don't have that element of energy of like, I love my fucking life. That is healing to me. I'm attracted to that energy. Just being in that person's space wants me to make the most out of life. So that's why I really feel like if you are tapping into joy, people want to be a part of that. And you also show people that healing is not this boring journey where you have to become you know a monk that's boring I see more and more now people just being themselves and doing what they love like I don't do I do energy work because I love it it brings me joy so that just is like another pie of my life I'm not just an energy healer you know like I am all of these things we are multi-dimensional beings with so many different archetypes and I definitely agree that that is the future of this space because real is in, and purists are so out.
0: Yes. and I think I've thought a lot recently about um, like labels. Like people want to be want to be being know, defining themselves by label. So I was vegan for I don't know five years, and for me that was I identified so much with that because it was a way for me to be like oh, my values are this, la, la, la. And I've come to realise that that's not, I don't want that, you know, because things change, things ebb and flow. And I've noticed just more generally that people, yeah, really want to be identified as something. And kind of what you're saying is that we're so much more than just one thing and it feels like there is this shift happening of people accepting that and, like, I can go to, like, an eye club or a music festival, but then I can spend my days doing yeah. kinesiology, or I can be mum, but I can also love having yeah, mum. Totally. Whatever, you know, but but they're not mutually exclusive, and that you can be all of those things. And yeah, your your point on the purist is so true, and I think the more like extreme or the more purist can sort of look at people who are more, um, I guess, balanced in a way, and it's like, oh, well, if you're not 110%, then it's not good enough or it's not enough or it's not real. But that's just not, I don't think that's just not the way the world works. And you're going to cut people out. Totally. If you have and that's that not coming view.
1: from a heart-led space. Like if you're a heart-led person, you live your life with things that light up your soul. Now, if you're in the space of healing and you're not living from a place of lighting up your soul, well, then there's no integrity there. Like I love meeting someone, especially in this space who is like, like, okay, I did study with this girl and she, you know, seemed very, you know, spiritual and, but like on the back end, she was like this absolute computer whiz, like one of like the best web developers, you know, and I'm like, that's epic. You're multidimensional. Like, that's so cool. Let's talk about 100 different things. Like, I don't want to just talk about spirituality all the time because it's such a unique and individual thing that we're all going through. And really, the the process of um, evolution is to become less identified with our ego. And our ego loves defining us by these black and white rules, but our heart loves all the fragments of things that make us really happy. So I just think that this old style of like defining people by like what they do or how spiritual they are is actually weeding out the people who aren't in this industry for the right reason. And that is I do this because it brings me joy and with that joy comes being of service to the greater collective of this world. And it's so awesome to work with people who are multidimensional. It gives people permission to be themselves. And that's something that I'm very unapologetic about. Um, and so I really yeah. it's really nice to hear that from you because that's something that I I hope to help inspire others to just fuck the label off and just it be.
0: Yeah. And it also means that, like you said, it gives people permission where like if you go to someone who like is like more of a purist you're probably not going to be as open if you're not like that you're not going to be as open and receptive because you're like oh if I tell them I whatever had gluten yes, whatever what it, is. it is I don't know then so there's that block yeah and, and the, the
1: judgment and that's why I love working with the modality of the body because when you come to me or any other practitioner who works the same way that I do you're a, you are just a blank slate And your body dictates everything that is in your highest good and what is not in your highest good. I don't care what the body says is in the highest good. If it says it's in your highest good, that's what you're doing. Now, if you're doing something that stresses out your body and the body is testing up, that it doesn't like it, well, then that's not good for you. But I am not here to tell you what is best for your soul's highest expression and people who are drawn usually to this work and to me have really beautiful heart-led intentions. So I completely trust the conversation that their body is is opening. And the body actually gives you permission to be multidimensional. So many times people will come, oh, I'm like, what are you suppressing? What are you not doing? And your body's this is coming up. Your body's saying this. And they're like, Yeah, you know, I wanted to do that, but I've just felt like people will judge me. And it's like, well. Don't even worry because your body is saying, do it. That thing that you're afraid of doing is actually the key to unlock your freedom. So roll with that thing.